Hello and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. My name is Robin Birkin and I'm from sunny Perth in Western Australia uh, and I am the voice behind this podcast and I also have the blog Modern Day Misses, so Modern Day and Misses Like Wife, M-I-S-S-U-S, where you can find heaps of articles and things like that. I'm in the process at the moment uh, of making sure a whole bunch of my freebies and things like that uh, are updated and I'm just doing a few other freebies as well so make sure that you subscribe to my email newsletter if you would like some free resources with more on the way. Um, if you are having a hard time with fertility uh, I really recommend that you grab a copy of my book you can find it on my website or on Amazon or on iTunes and it's called Screw Infertility uh, and it's really a memoir so the story of my infertility but I really learned a lot of lessons on my journey, um, especially, you know, in how to cope and things like that and how to lead a healthy lifestyle. Uh, and I really think that sometimes infertility can be quite a lonely and hopeless place. Um, so if you are struggling, it's like $9.95 Australian, so it's not going to break your bank, don't worry. Uh, but And it's a, a not a hugely long read. Uh, so I do encourage you to get that if you would... Um, like to read the story of someone else who has been through no doubt what you are going through now. I wanted to talk today about what happens if you fall pregnant and I think today must be episode 14 uh, or so of the Fertility Warriors podcast so I'm pretty stoked uh, to be in this place uh, and I've really been working um, at helping people in this fertility space for I think since about April, May last year so not too long but a good stretch uh, and we have this facebook group called fertility warriors uh, support chat support and chat group uh, we have more than 400 members and it's an awesome place so if you want some support uh, on your journey if you want to join a tribe then definitely get involved uh, one of our admins uh, dominique does a regular gift swap so you put your name down and she allocates everyone like a partner and then you get to swap gifts with people from all around the world. So this uh, time my partner is Anna uh, and Anna's in the United States. So we are going to swap little gifts with each other. And who doesn't like getting gifts in the mail? Seriously, it's one of my favourite things uh, in the world is to be able to go to the letterbox and see a nice little gift. Uh, it's just a really nice thing to do, uh, you know, when things in life might otherwise be quite tough. Um, so if you do need a little bit of support, if you've got any questions, things like that, definitely join our Facebook group as well, which is called Fertility Warriors Support and Chat Group. And one of the things that I've noticed in our group is that quite a number of people have started falling pregnant. And I think that's awesome. That's obviously the goal. And I'd like to think that there is some really awesome juju in our group and definitely I think we do a lot of positive thinking and mindset in the group and I think that that does contribute um, but on the same token I do also think that the stats probably say that out of 400 people a certain number will fall pregnant which is also awesome but I know definitely for me on my fertility journey it was all about getting to the finish line and the finish line for me wasn't having a baby it was falling pregnant uh, although I, when I had my miscarriage I guess my outlook changed a little bit but it was still on 
you know, sort of getting pregnant. And so I thought I would talk about well, what happens if you do get pregnant. You know, we talk about like everything in cycles. You know, on the last day of your fertility cycle, you go in and have the pregnancy test. And for all we know, that's the bloody end of it if they say that you're pregnant. So I thought I would explain to you what actually happens after that if they say, yes, you are pregnant. Um, so physically what will happen if uh, you go for your last test at the fertility clinic and they say you are pregnant is you will continue going for blood tests. So what they're testing for in this final blood test is your HCG levels. Um, and HCG is a hormone that is only produced by women when they're pregnant. So that's what they're testing for. Uh, and they test you on, you know, like day 28 or the equivalent because for most women, that's the only time that's, it takes that long for them to be able to detect it. Uh, and so sometimes even if we're doing home pregnancy tests, it still doesn't even show because the home pregnancy tests that you pee on are generally testing a higher level uh, of HCG. So your HCG level when you go for this test could be 50, could be 100, and the reason, or could be more, and the reason for that is it typically doubles like every 48 hours. But if you think of it doubling, then, you know, like it can go from 50 to 100 in just a matter of a couple of days or um, even a day. So the test, the first test they do could, you know, really be whatever figure, and they look for a figure that is more than 25, uh, generally in this test, and that's what they will class as a positive pregnancy test. So you'll keep going to the doctor's uh, clinic pretty much twice a week, and they'll be testing that level every time you go back. And what they're testing for is not like necessarily what the level is, but what the level is compared to your last test. And what they want to know is that that is doubling at an appropriate rate. So um, for those of you who don't know my story, um, on my first fresh IVF cycle, I went in and they said, you're pregnant, congratulations. And I kept going uh, in for this test. Uh, and at one point they said to me, no, this is not a viable pregnancy. And the reason for that is because my HCG levels were like, they weren't even double, like they weren't even close to doubling and they were almost like plateauing. Uh, so that's why they said that it wasn't a viable pregnancy. Uh, and I was around about six weeks or so. And what they'll do is around about between sort of six and seven weeks, let's say all is going well, then they will send you off for an ultrasound uh, to check that there's a heartbeat. You can't generally do an ultrasound before that time because that's, there isn't really a heartbeat before then, but around about six, seven weeks, uh, you should have a heartbeat and they'll do an internal ultrasound to check that. Uh, so then at that point in time, if there is a heartbeat, generally your fertility clinic will say, congratulations, shake hands and say, go find an obstetrician or OBGYN or someone, you know, to help manage your pregnancy experience. So that's generally what happens. Here in Australia, you then go back to your general practitioner and you'll get a referral uh, to take to whoever the obstetrician is of your choosing if you choose to have your baby privately. Uh, and then uh, you will go from there. Uh, so, and you might go, even if you choose to use the public system, you might still go to your general practitioner to get a referral uh, for the public hospital system or something like that. 
If you have private health uh, insurance in Australia, then usually what you'll do is see your obstetrician around about the nine week mark uh, for them to sort of brief you and then they'll give you a referral for the 12 week mark um, to go and that's when you start getting things like your Down syndrome check and you know just doing like a preliminary check that the baby's okay uh, and things like that and that's a fairly standard test that they do and um, 12 to 14 weeks that's sort of the end of the first trimester so after that point you know they say that about one in four or one in five um, pregnancies end in miscarriage um, and that figure starts to drop uh, dramatically after that 12 to 14 week period. So at that point you can sort of say, yep, this is going ahead, this is happening and things like that. So to just recap, twice a week you'll probably still continue to go to the fertility clinic or your OBGYN for blood tests to check your HCG levels at around seven weeks. Uh, that's when you'll go for sort of a viability check or a check of the heartbeat. Uh, and that's when you're then referred into the mainstream, I guess, sort of medical profession to manage your pregnancy. Emotionally though, it's a, a really interesting thing. Well, I found it anyway, because as I said earlier, I always viewed the finish line as getting pregnant. But then you fall pregnant and you're like, oh crap, this isn't the finish line anymore. I've, and you're paranoid about whether this baby will be okay. Every time you go for a blood test and get those results, there's still those nerves there. And then you go for you know, this heartbeat check and you're still nervous and you go for your 12 week check and you're still really nervous and you know, constantly wondering what's gonna happen next. And I think there's a part of you that has this mindset that, you know, things haven't gone right for you so far. So why should they go right for you again now? And certainly for me, and even after I had, so Chloe is my ICSI baby. And I had Chloe and I had the easiest, most perfect pregnancy with Chloe. Um, and so now I'm pregnant with my second baby and there's still those emotions there. I mean, I fell pregnant with um, this new baby without as much hardship as I did with Chloe. Uh, it was a frozen embryo transfer. It was my second embryo, trans frozen embryo transfer. It was my last embryo. And I was like, nope, this just is too easy. It's too good to be true. With Chloe, I had ovarian hyperstimulation, I had two retrievals, I had um, a miscarriage, all sorts of things. And this time I was like, no, 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 this can't be at, at what it's supposed to be. I'm sh like, I've almost like not convinced. And you guys know me, I do all these things on positive mindset and things like that. Um, and so I kind of just, you know, really tried to reassure myself that everything would be okay. So I'd wake up in the morning I would touch my belly and say, I trust in the power of my body. I will have a healthy baby uh, in March. This is all gonna be fine. I trust my body. Um, and to a degree, I still actually felt quite nervous um, until I got to the sort of realization that, Robin, you could be not like killed in a car crash tomorrow, yet you don't every time you get in a car, shit your pants 
and think about you know like getting killed in a car crash every two seconds so why are you doing the same to this baby when the statistics you know like there's a 25 percent chance of a miscarriage well that means that there's a 75 percent chance of success so they really are quite different odds to the odds of IVF or IUI or something like that. So I think to a degree, you just have to trust uh, if and when you fall pregnant uh, with assisted reproduction, just trust it'll be okay and really focus on enjoying that pregnancy. Make sure you're taking pictures uh, of your pregnant belly uh, and you know really looking after yourself and celebrating that moment um, while you can with the trust that everything will be okay. I think that um, the medical profession don't necessarily tell us though. There, I think that there are some complications that can arise from um, doing IVF. So I myself uh, in this pregnancy have, which I think is a fairly serious complication, uh, something called placenta previa, which means my placenta has conveniently implanted dead over the baby exit hole, uh, the cervix. Uh, so there's a lot of chance of bleeding and things like that. Touch wood, I haven't bled so far. Um, but the risk factors associated with placenta previa are uterine surgeries, um, IVF and assisted reproduction, and age like over 35, as well as other things like smoking and cocaine use. Oh, I knew I should have given up the cocaine earlier. I'm just kidding. Um, so there are other risk factors, but, you know, just being 35 and having done uh, assisted reproduction, I guess, is enough uh, for me. But there can be complications. But I think on the same token, um, I never would have told someone not to do IVF because of it. And touch wood, so far I'm fine. Uh, so you just roll with the punches. And I think, as you probably learnt on your fertility journey, that it's a lot less stressful to just go with the flow and to place your trust in your medical team. Um, when I first started, I wrote in the Facebook group the other day, trust and surrender are my two words of the moment. Uh, and I really had to learn after I had my miscarriage to actually just trust my medical team, trust that everything will work out, trust that they know more about me because every patient they see every day, they're dealing with my situation over and over again whereas I'm the only person really whose story I know I mean I, I guess I know more these days because of um, what I do but um, at that point in time I was like hang on this person does this day in day out they've had all the scenarios they know how this plays out they've studied for a thousand years to be you know this big nerd doctor so I think you know you have to place a lot of trust in your medical team trust that they know what they're doing trust that things will be okay until they tell you that they're not um, so that's sort of I guess what happens if you fall pregnant um, after your thing but also I guess to a degree the finish line to a degree does become the birth of your child uh, and it's a beautiful thing and for most of you out there who are trying it will happen you have to just trust that it will happen with perseverance, with trust, with surrender. Um, just fight through it, be brave, be strong. It will happen for most of you out there. Um, and when that baby comes, someone said to me, 
a friend who had also gone through IVF, she said, when that baby is born, believe me, it all melts away. To a degree it does. Um, to a degree it still stays there. Um, but certainly you do have that sense of accomplishment that you've achieved your goal once that baby is born and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, and then once they are born, to a degree you're just like a normal mother because you are so sleep deprived. It all becomes about like, will this baby breastfeed or not breastfeed and well, there's breastfeeding issues and things like that. And you're too tired to really be consumed by much else other than the day-to-day -day, uh, of what this child is doing. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what it is like um, when the clinic calls you up and says, congratulations, you're pregnant. Um, and hopefully you get that call very, very soon. So I'm Robin Birkin from Modern Day Misses. And this was, I think, episode 14 uh, of the podcast. I will speak to you next time. Bye.